Are you making money at a profit in this stage of your business? Or is your approach to growth more like a grim fairy tale? Whether you're spending sleepless nights dreaming about strategizing growth or having nightmares about undercharging, owning a business can be a woven narrative of storybook endings. Fear not, friends. CFO Shelby Ashley is your dream angel and here to write the story of your company's growth. She specializes in sorting out the best and worst of what's going on in your finances to get optimized and soar higher than you ever dreamed. Today, I bear it all by sharing our own profit and loss statement. Will the big bad wolf eat me or do I get to grandmother's house? Let's find out. Get ready to level up your powder coater game. Welcome to Ross Coates Powder Coater Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kim Scott, where we interview influencers and talk about trending topics in powder coating so that you can grow your powder coating biz. I'm so excited to talk about today's guest and talk with today's guest because um, I think that what she has to present is a very helpful uh, tool and a very helpful uh, type of company that can actually help you strategize and straddle financial growth. And I know a lot of you out there are are struggling with growth. I mean, it's all good. There, we've all got more business than we can possibly handle, but that also what comes with that is a lot of stress on financial growth and stuff like that. So. I'm very, very happy to present today Ash, uh, Shelby Ashley, of the founder of Optimized Financial Solutions. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So you are a what you call a CFO. Mm -hmm. What is a CFO? It sounds like a really stodgy title, and you are way too pretty for that. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so it tell, does sound yeah. like <laughs> yes. Um, so CFO stands for Chief Financial Officer, um, and I am a small business CFO, so I'm like a CFO for hire. Um, I feel like a lot of people, when they hear CFO, um, they think like Coca-Cola or Boeing or NASA, <laughs> and they're like, I don't need that, but um, every business needs a CFO. And so I do the things that the CFOs for those companies do, but on a much smaller scale for small business owners. That's brilliant because... It doesn't matter if you are Coca-Cola or Pepsi or you are a small business. Everybody needs to see the purview of your financials, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get started? And um, yeah. Sure. So um, I got my uh, college degrees in finance and then I got my MBA and then I joined the corporate accounting world after that. Um, I've done public accounting. I've done taxes. Uh, and then after that, I was a financial analyst for a little while and I just loved it so much. I thought I need to be doing this um, for a lot of businesses instead of just one business. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've got uh, about 10 years experience in the finance industry. And I like to say, I think it's um, farmer's insurance, I think, that says I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. So <laughs> I've worked with a lot of different companies. Um, I've worked for a um, spray coating manufacturing company before. Uh, so this is just what I love to do. I love to um, help business owners with their strategy and, and grow their financials. Yeah, and I think that that's why I got uh, kind of connected with you because we started talking about manufacturing. I believe you said you worked for a major spray mm -hmm. coater. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that is a related business to yes. kind of what we're doing with applied finishes um, mm -hmm. and finish coats, especially around metal. So, you know, it has its own challenges versus like other kinds of manufacturing, like food processing and um, right. And that's usually what the go-to is when people say manufacturing, they're talking about like making small parts or mm -hmm. making food or, you know, that kind right, of stuff. Right, right. 
we are so niche that we actually have like you know our own set of problems to solve right exactly right? <laughs> yes um, yeah so um it might be helpful for the audience to share more about what it is you don't do right yeah, versus yeah. what you do do Absolutely. I find myself explaining more of what I don't do more than I tell people that this is what I do. So um, I'm not a bookkeeper. I'm not a CPA. I don't do um, I don't do your books. I don't do your taxes. Instead, I take what the bookkeeper and the CPA have produced and I go over that with you as the business owner. And then we go over what your strategy is and how we're going to improve any numbers that you want to improve, et cetera. Yeah. And I think that um, for me, and, and some of the hardest challenges for me is to take all these numbers mm-hmm. and try to make sense of them. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously income is income and expenses in, is expenses, but within all of that is a story, right? Yes, a financial exactly. story. Exactly. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what the path is of the story or the little breadcrumbs on the pathway to the story, like how are you going to make these brilliant decisions, these hard decisions that you need to make. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I always like to say um, when I'm first meeting with a client, your numbers aren't good or bad. They just tell a story. Uh, They're either telling the story that you wanted to tell or they're not. And so, um, but yes, the, you know, the income statement, the balance sheet, the statement of cash flows, all these financial statements are geared towards the accountant to understand. They're not geared towards the business owner. And I really love working with manufacturing and the skilled labor industry as a whole because you're just not taught how to read these things and you have to know how to look at it as a business owner. And so that's where I come in. Um, You know, I take these statements and I translate and I just talk to you business owner to business owner. Like, here's what's going on. Here's why you don't have as much cash in your pocket as you wish you did. Um, You know, here's why you didn't turn a profit. And so, yeah, we just look at them, like I said, just just like a business owner. Yeah. And before we kind of maybe delve into the different types of uh, things to look at, right, monthly Mm -hmm. or quarterly, um, let's talk about like what, you know, for me, you know, it's always about this tossing and turning between like fast growth and slow growth, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've got a lot of, you either have to come up with a lot of money mm-hmm. to buy expensive equipment mm-hmm. to get into this business. It's not like it's just a spray gun and a booth, right? Exactly. You know, like, mm-hmm. like line coatings or, you know, like uh, bed liner co- coatings or something like that. It's, it's a lot more than that. Um, and, you know, just the capital side of it can get really, you can get priced out really fast. Oh, yeah. If you want to start like, you know, um, a lot of people can get financially ruined or, or oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of times, like I remember during the pandemic, you know, everybody was getting that money and they were going out and buying all brand new systems. And oh yeah. Six months <laughs> later, you know, oh, my wife wants me to sell this. <laughs> you yes. Know? Yes. You know, um, you know, or, you know, it, it's just it, sometimes they, they think that's what they think they want. And then they realize once they get into it, oops, I got to go the other direction. I got to mm-hmm. get out of this and I got to yeah. go back to my regular day job or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel I feel bad for people like that sometimes because, you know, it's it's kind of soul crushing or dream crushing when it that happens. Is. And you yeah. don't want to go there, right? Yeah. Th- there's been lots of times in our industry or between me and Ross, it's, it's like, how many more uh, punches to the face can you get uh, in this business? And this is one of them. This is a huge part of part of it. And so, you know, for us, uh, we didn't have access to the capital that Mm -hmm. some other people do. Um, And so we kind of did this, I would say the slow growth model. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, versus uh, what I'd say a fast growth model, which would be 
uh, you know, a, uh, going out and getting a loan or coming mm -hmm. up with a capital thing. I don't know. What do you, what is, tell me what you think of all that. I, I would never advise somebody who is just starting out to go to the bank and get in tremendous amounts of debt. I mean, it's really situation specific. Um, of course, I mean, if, if there is just so much of a demand and you're the only one in your market that you know that you're just going to have all this work, then maybe. But I, yeah, I would never, I mean, as much as you can contribute to your business, you just got to be patient in those early years um, and do do what you can with what you can and then get your numbers looking right and then take that to the bank. You know, here's here's what I'm at. Here's where I'm trying to go and get your debt that way. It's much more safe. You've, you've already got a little bit of experience behind you. So you kind of know how much you need and how much you're going to receive um, based on whatever new equipment that you're trying to buy. So yeah, it's, it's never a good idea to right out of the bat, just, just go take on a ton of debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, it's expensive where we are. So it's kind of, you know, people do tend to rely on debt to kind of help them mm -hmm. financially just annually, you know, yeah. on credit cards, you know, we hear it in the news too, you know, people are using their credit cards a lot more to kind of mm -hmm. maintain their lifestyle even though they're maybe facing oh, yeah. a job loss or something, you know, like mm -hmm. that. So um, can you give us an example of like how you take, how, you know, something of recent um, that's happened to you that where you've taken them from A to B to C, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I had um, a client that last year he did, um, I think about 13% profitability, um, and he did minus 80 grand in cash flow and he had no clue because like I said, your state, you just don't know how to read your financial statements if you've, got, if you've never been taught to. So he right. didn't know that he had lost all this cash. And so I pointed out to him and we developed a plan for this year. Um, he's projecting to do around minus 40 in cash flow, which is still in the hole, but it's up 40 grand from last year. So we're climbing out. Um, and the reason that he didn't have any of this cash is because all of his sales were still tied up in his balance sheet. He was not collecting on those sales. And so, um, and he didn't realize that. So just because you have profitability, it may not, it does not always translate directly into cash. And that's something that um, I think a lot of business owners, that's probably the most eye-opening thing once I start to work with them. Yeah, because in their mind, they're busy all day long mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. equating that with cash in the bank or deposits. Yes, right? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's a very common mistake that most, you know, I can say for me, I'm like a shark. Like, you can't have your stuff until you pay first. Yeah. And that's the way you need to be like. This, the guy that I was working with, he he didn't want to tarnish the relationship that he had with his oh, customers, and I'm like, yeah. you're not their bank, right? <laughs> you're gonna you're you're making yourself look weak. They're these people are running all over you. You need to get after them. If you're if you're not gonna do it yourself, you need to hire somebody that's going to. And that's what he ended up doing is is hiring somebody to just call these people <laughs> and get them to pay their bills, right? So did he have like a you know was it just regular? work or regular contract work that was coming in, but then mm -hmm. they were kind of slow to pay. Yeah. 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 That typically mm -hmm. happens a lot, especially if you've got them on like a 30 day, like a net 30 or something like that. So, yes. mm -hmm. you know, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. We covered that in a, an earlier episode about strategies to, you know, um, bring in extra money, whether mm -hmm. it's like a rush job or, you know, you have it set up if it's a regular pay account, then, you know, they need to pay within five days. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that was the an episode. I, I can't remember the name of it. It was uh, how to make cash flow equal work, how to make workflow equal cash flow. So oh, yeah, yeah. if anybody wants to kind of go back to that episode, I can never remember the numbers <laughs> now because we've just done so many interviews, but it's still one of the top uh, strategy uh, podcasts that we've ever had about Oh, I'm sure. Have, yeah, we haven't really had too many um, 
we haven't had too many podcasts on financial growth or mm-hmm. strategizing. So I'm, I'm really refreshed that you jumped on and wanted to join oh, yeah, yeah. today and stuff like that. Um, now, let's maybe talk about, you know, the three financial statements. I'll tell you right now, mm-hmm. I am not good at reading my cash flow or I rarely look at it because mm-hmm. I don't know how to read it. Right. Um, I know it seems simple enough. Cash in, cash out. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly. not, though. It's so complicated. <laughs> <and> for why? <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess one thing is, is why are these statements so important? I always drop, you know, what I'm, I'm classic for is saving them into an Excel spreadsheet and then never looking at them at again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I did that task. Yeah. But really, yeah. you've got to follow through. Um, usually what I do on the balance on the profit and loss is I'll, I use QuickBooks. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can, it's, what's great about QuickBooks is you can actually do a percent to income. And that's usually what I've been taught how to read it. And, yeah, then, that's great. Ba- and then the balance sheet, I still don't understand the top and the bottom, like, and mm-hmm. are they supposed to equal? And if mm-hmm. they don't, what are they, what does that mean? I, I don't know. So, so yes, yeah, they are supposed those. to equal. Okay. Um, so yeah, at the very top, you've got all of your assets, which is just everything you own, you know, your shop, um, your, all of your equipment, the cash that you have in the bank. And then directly underneath your assets, you've got your liabilities, which is everything you owe. So what's your, if you're, if you own your shop, your mortgage on your shop, um, all your credit card balances, um, any like payroll liabilities, um, sales tax liabilities, just anything you owe. And then beneath liabilities is all of your equity. So your equity is your assets minus your liabilities. So equity is just, it's what the things that you own, it's what they're worth after your liabilities. And so your liabilities plus your equity equal your assets. So to the same as like, if you were to cash out today, what uh would you, like if you had a buyer, you know, a buyer or just, Mm -hmm. just some, let's just say any entity out there that just was going to cash you out, that's what you would be worth. Yes. Um, It's a complicated answer. The short answer is yes. Um, Your assets minus your liabilities is your equity. That's your stake in your assets. Um, I'm not going to say it's what your business is worth because when it comes to valuing a business, um, there's a lot of things that are taken into consideration, such as your income stream, um, that aren't reflected on that balance sheet. So that that's a whole process value, valuing a company. But in short, yeah, yeah, your equity is just what you own minus what you owe. Okay. So uh-huh. would you say the higher the number, the better? Or yeah, right? I mean, it just depends. It depends on your strategy as a business owner. Um, if you want to be highly leveraged, uh, meaning that you have a lot of debt, Sometimes that can be cheaper to the business owner than being um, than having a lot of equity, because if you're like a public company and you've got stockholders, that's very expensive. Um, You've got to pay dividends sometimes and then your um, your shareholders might sell and you have to pay that cash out. And so it really just depends on the business owner, how leveraged they want to be with debt and how they want to be with their equity. Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah. Yeah, so I guess I could look at that a little bit more, you know, with a, a, you know, I guess that's the thing, too. It's like there's so many different lenses to look there at are. Um, and stuff, which I'll get to the next question here once we're done talking about the profit and loss. So we just covered mm-hmm. balance sheet. So now mm-hmm. we're going to cover profit and loss. OK, um, so basically you've got at the top a uh you know, your income, all mm-hmm. of your income streams. Yep. Uh, and then it goes into your cost of goods and expenses. Mm-hmm. Can you define cost of goods versus expenses? And is there a difference? There is a difference. So your cost of goods sold is um, anything that it is costing you in order to make money. So um, your spray powders, um, your labor, uh, that work directly on on your jobs. Um, if you're in like, if you own like a restaurant, uh, the food that you buy, that's the cost of goods sold. Whatever you're selling, 
the cost of what you're selling is your cost of goods sold. Now, beneath that is your just regular expenses, your rent, your utilities, um, other payroll expenses, uh, the rest of your overhead expenses. Those things are typically fixed in that it doesn't matter how much business you do or don't do that month, you're still going to pay these things. Whereas your cost of goods sold is going to go up the more business you do. That's a great explanation of that, too. And I think that that's such a, a big mystery to some people, too, mm-hmm. especially when I was setting up my QuickBooks and stuff like that, that, you know, like how what is, you know, t- typically you think it all is right, because your rent is your overhead, right, mm-hmm. versus, you know, um, you know, how much tape you have to buy to tape off mm-hmm. uh, parts or your blast media or, you know, stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, in, in powder coating, the way we have our, and I've brought up our little, I guess I should share it, huh? Maybe sure. we share it. I'm going to be a brave soul and share <laughs> my own actual profit <laughs> and loss <laughs> for, um, everybody's going to freak out and go, what is she doing? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do typically want it to help people. So I just actually pulled this. Uh, this is from March and mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is our profit and loss for March. Um, and so, you know, obviously we have a couple of different uh, yeah, I got my Turo in there. Everybody knows I'm doing Turo, but I'm probably going to end up stopping Turo because I'm so over it. Somebody <laughs> crashed my Turo. So I'm like, oh, no. Turo now. Yeah, Turo just sucks so bad. But anyways, and then, you know, obviously we've got powder coating in here. Mm-hmm. We've, I even like, sometimes we have clients that actually just come in and do sandblasting. That's all they want us to do. Okay. So have the sandblasting broken out. Um, we have a new business that we're launching, um, patina powder coating. And then we've, are this GET is just our general excise tax uh, it okay. for that. So um, yeah, so we're doing pretty good. This is just stuff we sell like t-shirts, uh, the digital products is just like stuff from like the podcast or whatever like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then here's our cost of goods sold. Uh, we spent a lot of money in powder actually. That's pretty high for the month, but I think okay. we had some big orders come in and we had some big jobs too. So, uh, that's a little actually kind of high for us. Um, okay. actually usually around like nine, 10% of, pow- mm-hmm. of our powders is, is what we spend in powders. And I guess the reason why I like these using this percent to income is it kind of without, you know, ignoring the numbers for just a mm-hmm. moment, because it's all relative to income. Um, you know, it's nice to look at what the, um, y- you know, how high my, cost of goods are versus my income, right? Yeah, so yeah. You could say uh, this uh, gross profit, um, and I know there's a formula for that. Maybe you can remind me what it is, but. Yeah, so your gross profit is just your revenue minus your cost of goods sold and then divided by your revenue. So that's where that percentage is coming from. Yeah, and I have to say this did go up. It's not normally this high, uh, although I, you know, uh, I mean, this is actually, yeah, it's in the 80s, I guess. Is But what I was getting at was the cost of goods here at 15%. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> what it, what um, typically could it be for manufacturers? Um, I've seen it anywhere upwards of like 30%. Um, I've never seen it below like 10%. So yours is on the lower side that I've seen. But again, it's just up to you as a business owner What what is a lot for you and um, and your goals, you know, being in business as long as you have, you kind of know what, where you want that number to kind of be around, you know, what's going to be mean a good month for you or a bad month for you. So you kind of know what to expect with that number. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, going on down here, what else do we have? Well, yeah, I mean, now we've got expenses. And like you mm-hmm. said, that that's just, you know, we've got a car that we're purchasing, um, fuel expenses, repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, some of this stuff you can actually write off on your taxes, right? This is typically stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, everything. Um, and then um, bank fees, uh, 
my, uh, of course, what it costs to have my employees and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, interest in it from like loans and stuff like that is typically on an expense. Mm-hmm. Meals and entertainment. I have to admit, Ross and I eat out a lot, and I've been warned by my. <laughs> oh, you'd be amazed the amount of meals I have seen on people's. Oh, okay, good. I'm not, okay, well, we eat out. You know, we order out lunch. You know, because we don't have like a kitchen. I I wish we had a space big enough for a kitchenette or something. You know, so mm-hmm. we could just bring stuff from home, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> um, you know, uh, pay a lot in professional fees, so. You know, we've got a consultant working for us now, um, and we have, uh, you know, accounting, you know, mm-hmm. bookkeeper and stuff like that. Let's see, shop rent. I mean, what's the typical rent ratio? Uh, if you can see there, it says five, a little over five percent there for us. Um, it's just relative. Um, somewhere like in manufacturing, if you've got, you know, a huge warehouse, rent's going to be the bulk of your expense. Um, but if you're somebody like, like me, I'm a consultant, so I don't, I don't have rent. I just work from home. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's very relative to just what line of business you're in, but in the manufacturing world, um, rent is going to be pretty large on your, on your income statement. Okay. Um, and you know, um, you know, obviously this, month that we're recording in is like a totally different scenario because we did do some traveling Mm -hmm. uh, recently. So I know that that percentage is actually going up. Um, But I did take a business trip that month um, to another island and did some business over there and stuff. So I think that's why the travel went up. But uh, electricity or utilities is, you know, your phone, right? Um, Telephone, Mm -hmm and utilities, uh, water, stuff like that. I mean, we're at 6%, 6.5%. That's not too bad. I don't know what other, it would be nice to kind of compare us with maybe a gas fed, because uh, we have electric ovens here. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see it, maybe in the comments uh, on this podcast, you guys can take a look at what you guys are paying out in um, your utilities, specifically gas, propane, if you're running a a gas oven um, versus my electricity bill. Um, We did kind of get into uh, a a higher electricity rate um, than we did when we first moved to this space. And we're trying to kind of get back down into that lower category again, try to convince the the powers that be the the <laughs> Maui Electric Company that we're not, we're not really a uh, a hog that we are, but we're going <laughs> to be working on that here in the future. But we actually did pretty well. We did this was an you know a really good month for us. Um, yeah, that's great in terms of profitability um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, there I did it. I shared my P and L online. You should be very proud. In fact, that's that's probably one of the highest um, profitability margins I'm seeing. So, I, I tell you, um, you can really make good money in powder coating. Oh yeah, you structure your pricing right, mm-hmm. um, and you know you generate enough business coming into your shop. I mean, and that that is, I think, not just a mystique of doing it right or doing it well, but also uh, a lot of guys get into it because of that mm-hmm. and then somehow either get burdened or don't charge, you know, burdened with too much debt in buying stuff and scaling quickly, mm-hmm. or they don't just, they just don't charge enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I feel in terms of that in income, uh, I feel like we're charging enough. Uh, I, I feel comfortable, could we do a maybe a one percent, two percent, three percent increase? Maybe we could. I, I don't want to kind of, you know, you start turning that dial a little too much, and then you get, in, mm-hmm. you know, I think we could tweak it just a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, just to see if we get any squeals uh, yeah. from people. I, yeah. I think I don't know. Can you speak to that because that did kind of come up. Um, up for me lately uh, a question in one of the Facebook groups yeah 
you know, the, somebody was complaining about the job and it's like, well, there's complaining about the pricing, but if you're delivering top quality that it'll end there and they'll pay you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, with anything, if you're charging um, so low, people are not going to trust you as the expert. The people that you're going to attract when you charge too low prices are people who are going to come in and think that they can just um, say, well, I want it this way, this way, this way. They're never going to be satisfied. When you're done with the job, they're going to have issues with it. That's the kind of people you're going to attract when your prices are low. When your prices are high, you're the expert and the people that come in trust you and then they know what they're paying for and you're going to get done and they're going to be blown away because they trust you. They trust that you're the expert. There's a reason why you're able to charge these kind of prices. And so in the event that I see um, income statements with clients where that profitability is just growing, 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 I encourage them, you know, maybe it's time to start raising your prices and, um, you know, even if you don't raise them by all that much, you're in a position now where you can start turning away jobs that you don't want to do because you're now in a position where you can charge whatever you want to and you know that you're going to get business. You know, what you just said was so, I, I cannot wait to share that last statement with everybody because everybody needs to hear it. And you said it so clearly about pricing. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, it needs to be rung um, on every hilltop, I swear, because yeah. the industry is expected to grow. Um, and if you're not paying attention to that, I think that uh, I think that everybody should. Mm -hmm. And if you're working so hard to bring the best quality to the business, um, then I think that you deserve a pay raise. <laughs> you absolutely do. And it's, it's crazy how common it is for business owners to feel like, um, like they don't deserve to enjoy the, the fruits of their labor. And, um, I've even worked with business owners who have trouble even paying themselves like the smallest wage. Everything just goes back into the business. And so it's, it's hard to break somebody of that. Um, but I mean, you, you've worked for that. You've built it. Um, you know, that profit is yours to take as the business owner. And so, yeah, it's, it's a little uncomfortable for people to kind of adopt that mindset of, well, I'm, I'm charging too much or, um, I'm paying myself too much, which is not the case. I mean, you, you've built your business, you've learned the skill, you've mastered the skill you need to, you're in a, pl a place now where you can charge whatever you want to charge. Yeah. And I mean, I'm happy to say that, you know, thank God we were able to hire a team now. Yeah. We yeah. Have someone here in the office. We have someone out there working. And I swear to you, yeah, you're paying out the payroll for it. But you know what? We had a record quarter. Yeah, that's great. Um, it shocked me. Um, <laughs> I need to delve deep into that. You know, we just finished the you know quarter recently and then we had mm -hmm. tasks to do and stuff like that but uh but you know what um i was like i looked at the numbers and i was like whoa that's different <laughs> you know so there is something to be said about hiring a team i know oh, it's yeah. been not been easy for us because we've just been hanging you know clutching it so hard mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people do because you you know you, the quality and the reputation involved is so vitally important and takes a priority mm -hmm. sometimes over pricing sometimes i just don't you know and i i just want everybody out there to to kind of maybe consider a lot of the points of views and personality types that you might be embracing that maybe you need to like let go mm -hmm. you know? yeah yeah hiring is just once you get out of the initial um startup phase the first thing you need to do is start hiring so that you can scale up to that next level. Um, and I always tell people, you know, write down just the top three things you're doing that you just hate doing, but you have to do them for your business and you just hate. And those are going to be your first three hires. And then as far as like personalities go, you need to 
the mindful business owner will hire personalities that kind of challenge their own. If you hire a bunch of yes people, your business is going to teeter about right here. And that's as far as you're ever going to get. But if you hire people who have different points of view, who might even challenge your own points of view, your business is just going to take off. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Um, and I, I like that you're delving into the personality types because part of that is the story, right? That yes. You're, you know, you're getting to know the business owner and what his thinking is and what his behaviors are. And, you know, not that you're going into like full therapy session, but like, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you are doing a full session. Um, but, you know, um, it, it's I think it's sometimes just uh, a confidence thing mm-hmm. where you have a hunch about your business, but you don't have the confidence to lay it on the line. Right. Mm-hmm. Or make mm-hmm. that call or change that way of doing things. Um, yeah. 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 It, it's a big part because you yeah. think, you know, business owners think that, you know, and rightfully so, uh, I'm not, I'm not challenging this, but like, like how we feel at Maui Powderworks, it's like Ross and Kim is Maui Powderworks, you mm-hmm. know, like, and, you know, but you have to kind of open up your mindset to say, well, could it include, uh, another person here at the desk or another guy helping us out in the shop or could it, could it be more than just us? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. The thing that um I try to move my, the business owners that I work with towards is eventually hiring everything that you're doing for the business is now going to be hired by somebody else. You're the one that trained them. So if you're confident in your training abilities, you know, you know that it's going to be fine. And then that way you as a business owner, all you have to worry about is just those client or customer relationships and just being the face of the business. And then all the work is going on behind you. Mm -hmm. Now I used to way back in the day, um, I used to gear, I don't know why I did this, but like I used to gear my financials around taxes and my tax consequence or my tax burden mm-hmm. and I rather than profitability or cash flow is this a common mistake to do I don't yes, know I've I've never met a business owner that didn't try to for lack of better words sabotage their profit to avoid paying taxes I have never met one that that didn't do that at some point um yeah a lot of business owners that I've worked with have just everything that they can claim and expense they've done so and then they've even um i even worked with a guy before that uh he he would like cap himself each month and stop taking on work because he didn't want the profitability because he didn't want to pay taxes on it i don't know what, how he's doing now this was years ago <laughs> i can't imagine that one did well. business with that kind of mindset <laughs> yeah that um the taxes so there's a book out there called profit first um it's by mike think of how to pronounce his last name, but it's called Profit First. And it just talks about how to um, how to allocate all of your cash each month. And he stresses having a, um, a tax account. So like every month, about a couple of times a month, you're going to move a certain percentage into this tax account and you're just going to forget it. So then at the end of the year or the end of the quarter, when you're paying your dues, you've got your tax money. And then if by some pleasant surprise, your tax bill wasn't as big, then that's your money to go and, and do what you want to with. Right. So, yeah. I know. My I just picked up my taxes, obviously. Mm-hmm. This is, we're filming this after tax season. And, um, you know, he always slips in my future payments for the year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, based on this year's taxes, right? It's always yeah. based on that, right? For me to send in quarterly. And it, you know what? I can't for the life of me pay the government ahead of time. I'm like, no, no, no. who wants to, I, I, I can't, you know, No, but that actually could be a better strategy for me. So that's mm-hmm. how you would, you know, how you would advise me if we were working together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It just depends say, on how you do that. Right. Yeah. I just feel on your level of discipline. I mean, if you're, um, if you're not very disciplined and you know, like if that money's sitting there, you're going to be just itching to go spend it. Then I'm going to say, yeah, you need to start paying in quarterly estimates. Um, but if you're not, if you're, you know, kind of conservative and you can just kind of let that money sit and forget about it, then just pay it at the end of the year. 
I think that's the flexibility that I think a CFO actually offers is the mm-hmm. fact that they can look at all these different lenses, uh, your financial through different lenses and give you like, you know, and base it against who you are as a person. Right. And yeah, my whole um, service is based around you and your goals and what you're looking to get out of your business, how much you're looking to pocket each month. Everything that I advise on is based on you as the business owner. It's not based on industry benchmarks. Um, It's not based on the economy or taxes or anything. It's just based on you, what you want out of your business and how you're trying to, to grow your business and proceed forward. Well, with that, let me go ahead and uh, take a look. We'll go look over at your website here. Sure. And um, maybe you can tell us. uh, So it's called uh, OptimizedFinancialSolutions.com. And, um, oh, you even have a blog, too. I just started a blog last month. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, girl. Um, So, you know, you've got... uh, complimentary consultation. So that's mm-hmm. how you would get started, right? You just, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, that's the very first um, step after somebody has reached out to me. Um, we just go for coffee if they're local to me or over Zoom. And um, I just listen and I let them tell me, you know, um, what their goals are for their business, um, what success looks like to them, any challenges that they've been going on in their business, because Like I said, when we first started talking, um, you know, I'm not a bookkeeper. I'm not a CPA. Your bookkeeper and your CPA are not paid to do, um, you know, strategy and growth and, um, you know, financial projections. I mean, your your CPA somewhat, but just as it relates to taxes. It's not as it relates to you as as the business owner. And, um, you know, your employees, you can't really confide in them because, if you let them know something's wrong, they're going to jump ship <laughs> and um, and your spouse is tired of hearing about it. So that's where I come in. <laughs> so this is your opportunity to just offload. And I want to just hear all about um, you as a business owner. And then I'm just gauging to see whether or not you're a good fit for me and if I'm a good fit for you. And then um, if I feel like I could help you with the challenges that you've been going through, the thing, the next step after that is I'll do um, a financial uh, assessment over your finances for the past two years. This is completely free because it just lets me know further if I if I feel like I'm gonna be able to help you. And two, it lets you know a little bit about what I do before you agree to, to sign on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once we do that, um, if you sign on as a client, the very first thing we do is go through and we set targets for the rest of the year, uh, revenue, cash flow, profitability. Um, we'll just go through and set targets that you come up with as the business owner with my help. And then monthly from there, we just go forward and we see if you're hitting your targets or not. I'll do a, um, I'll do a forecast based on your actual performance and we'll see areas that we need to focus on areas that are going great. And we'll just do that each month. Now I want to ask you point blank, Mm -hmm. you know, the typical excuse I would think that business owners might come up with when they're meeting you for the first time Mm -hmm. is, well, if I'm doing poorly financially or suffering in some area or another, Mm -hmm. they kind of know that already or they wouldn't be calling you, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, do you get a lot of excuses about like, well, I got to pay you, so how am I going to afford that? And what's, I mean, that's not necessarily true, right? I haven't gotten that. Um, and I think it's because of my, I guess, sales method. Um, because like I said, I do the financial assessment and I give you like pieces of of what I what I do for you if you become a client. And so I, I make sure that the value is known before I even get to the proposal and pricing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um so I haven't run into a client yet tell me, well, you know, I'm obviously not doing great financially. Why would I pay you? You know, right. Well, <laughs> maybe if like, first meeting me, they're probably like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Right. Um, right. After talking um, and after, you know, I make sure that somebody feels heard and listened right. to before we even even go to the next step. So I think yeah. that that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, my thought was, well, what, 
you know, what's the incentive, um, you know, but if you're making more money, then you can afford a professional like yourself to, you know, per personally for me, I just want to sleep good at night. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't want to have to worry about that next job or mm -hmm. that, you know, when am I going to get paid or, yeah, you know, yeah. um, because the bills keep rolling in, right. Yep. You know, um, and stuff like that, where the payroll is coming up. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, can you talk a little bit more about what the comprehensive dashboard is that part of the system that you sign up for? Um, no, that's something extra. So I am a huge nerd and I could just spend all day long in Excel. <laughs> um, I have a knack for um, building all different kinds of dashboards that I've, I've gotten good feedback on. So that's just something extra that I do if, um, if a business owner wants to see something a certain way um that's something that's something extra that i do yeah well that's awesome though yeah i mean i'm a nerd too and so <laughs> i you know i was like oh what's these dashboards because oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know, i like to plug in certain possibilities right mm -hmm. um, and yeah they're all they're interactive so we can go through like well what if we do this this month then what if this happens and then we can change something and it like rearranges so yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah awesome well, I certainly appreciate your time today. I think it's been fun talking about yeah. financials. Um, we didn't cover the cash flow. We probably should before we get off. I just realized that we did the profit oh, sure. and loss and then we forgot to go back. <laughs> so how important is the cash flow uh, statement and um, what is it for? I don't even understand what it's for. Okay, so your cash flow just says Here's what here's what your ending cash balance was last month. So here's what your bank statement said. And here is your new ending balance. So here is your change in cash. It's very simple, but it's the statement itself looks so much more complicated than it has to be. All it is is the cash you ended with last month minus or plus your cash now. That's your cash flow for the month. And what are you supposed to do with it? Like what, how do you, how do you apply it or what do you analyze from it? What do you gain from it? So if you're looking at it as a business owner, you need to be looking at it as a cumulative number so that you know if your cash flow positive or cash flow negative. So if you're seeing, you know, a negative each month, that's adding up and you're just, you're bleeding cash. Okay, so yes, yeah. to let like the example you gave of the mm -hmm. guy that lost the eighty grand but had a, a profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that. So he should have mm -hmm. been doing that the whole time. And is it only by the month, or do you do cash flow by quarters or by uh, half a year, or is it just by month? Um, so when I'm uh, working with a client, we look at we look at the month's financials and then we look at um, the year to date financials. So we'll look at, um, you know, here's your cash for this month. Here's been your cash all year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I was told to do but never have initiated is a monthly budget or an annual budget. I mean, mm -hmm. my CPA kind of gnaws at me every year, yeah. you know. Um, is it important? Should I do it? Why is it important? Okay. Yes, it's important. Um, yes, you need to definitely budget. And the reason why it is important is because when you, so you need to budget once a year. Um, you need to budget for the next 12 months. Um, you know how, how your business has performed in the past. So you, you kind of know, you know, what, what numbers you need to budget for. And the reason it's important is because if something is going way off budget, um, you're going to be able to see that and pick up on that if you're reviewing it on at least a monthly basis before it just turns into this monster that's untamable. Whereas if you don't have a budget, you don't really you don't know where you're performing well and where you're not performing well. Right. So it kind of keeps you in the parameters mm -hmm. of where you think you should be. And then mm -hmm. if it goes up or down or you're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Right. You know, right. Right. Yeah. Kind of catch it so that, yeah, it's not some big monster in the closet that you found out about. Yes. <laughs> your CPA, you know, at the yes. time. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, how often do you meet with clients? Is it monthly, weekly? How do you monthly? Meet? Monthly. OK. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, this has just been great. I'm going to definitely drop your link in the description. 
Is there anywhere? Are you on Instagram, Facebook? Are you um, just LinkedIn? <laughs> LinkedIn. Okay, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. I'll put that LinkedIn in the description. And if you want to reach out to Ashley, uh, just certainly do so. Um, is there anything you want to close with before we go? Um, no, um, I've really enjoyed talking with you. I feel like we had a really great conversation. I'm, yeah, I'm glad I got to, to be here. Yeah, this has been something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's been a long time since we've had any kind of financial discussion about powder coating. Um, I think it would be great if we could get a couple of comparative profit and loss statements from, you know, maybe a custom coder that does more business than we do. Mm-hmm. and compare the margins because oh, yeah, yeah. that's where I get kind of interested in is, mm-hmm. okay, for our industry, what are the optimal or ideal margins for buying powder? You know, yeah. uh, it, it shouldn't change. What I'm saying is these percentages really shouldn't change whether you're a seven figure company or a six figure company or whatever, right? You know, like it, generally should stay about the same um, for the most part yeah. yeah um i would argue that the only things that really would be different if you're in those seven figures is you might have a whole lot more like advertising spend um, right <clears throat> or payroll or that kind of thing right yeah obviously payroll mm-hmm. for sure um and you know what good is you know, you could have a $7 million company, but if you're paying out $6 million in payroll, well, yeah. then, like, right, that's not necessarily yeah, a... Yeah, that's not uh, good. It's <laughs> not good, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's all relative when it yes. comes to financial statements and mm-hmm. uh, financial accounting. So reach out to Ashley if you're ready to make that next move. Um, I'm certainly considering it because, you know, we're, we're launching a business within a business and we're going to be getting in the weeds here pretty soon. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking, Hmm, maybe this might work for us too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, everybody have a great day. Uh, make money, charge (laughs) enough (laughs) and sleep good at night. That's right. (laughs) Aloha.